perception is even stronger than actual truth. How you see yourself is stronger than what really is about yourself. There's a lot of people that don't realize who they are in Christ. You're looking in the wrong mirror. You look into a mirror of, well, I do this wrong. I, you look into the mirror, this is what they say about me. They, you look into a mirror that I just don't meet the standard. I don't measure up. That's the wrong mirror. It's the wrong actual perception of how God sees you and me. And uh, I'm telling you, the Lord wants that to change in 2021, and he's going to give us grace. But you know what? You're going to have to put forth some effort in between your ears. You're going to have to think differently about yourself. You're going to have to think differently uh, because, you know, God, I am come to the conclusion that God thinks really highly of me. And most of us don't think that way. We do not. And uh, But I believe in 2021 it's going to change. I believe that 2020 the church in this nation and around the world. God is going to be glorified and edified, and his goodness is going to be manifested like never before. I believe that. Uh, priceless. How can we walk in peace? We talked about peace last week, and I'm just real, real quick review. How can you live in peace? Well, number one, you have to know, we talked about knowing that you're righteous. You have to know there's peace inside before there's going to be peace outside. You know, everybody says peace among men, but there can't be peace among men if you don't have peace on the inside. You do have peace. The God of peace lives on the inside of you. But the only way to know that you are at peace with God is to know that everything is right vertically between you and God. And there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians that do not know or do not believe that everything is right between them and God because they know they're not perfect. You do know that, right? That you're not perfect? Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was talking to the right crowd. We're not perfect. But because of that, we think that there's something in between us and God. And God wants you to know that there is not. That you are the righteousness of God in Christ. So if you're going to have true peace, you got to know that. And then you got to do pursue peace with people. You do. With everything that's within you. Now, trust me, there's times that you can't. But you're supposed to do everything within yourself to have peace. And this is why peace is so, you need to have a revelation of this. It's because in Proverbs 14.30, it says that uh, a peaceful heart tends to have, make you have a healthy body. I'm going to say it again. Proverbs 14.30, I believe. That if you are at peace, a sound heart is the body. Look at a different translation. Look at, uh, it says actually peace. Peace. Uh, NLT. Look at the NLT. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. So if you're not at peace with yourself, if, you're, if you feel like you're not at peace with God, if you're not at peace, you know, with your loved ones, man, I'll tell you what, it can cause havoc on your body. Testing, one, two. That's a big deal. That's a big golden nugget that you need to realize that if you want to walk in health, you can't just start claiming the scripture. I do that. I claim the scriptures. You can speak to your body. I do all those things. But I'm telling you, a big part of walking in health is being at peace, having peace, all right? 
And then the third thing we talked about is our heart being on God. And uh, we talked about that. Number four is know you're in Christ. That is a big part about um, your perception. We'll talk more about that next year. But in John 16, this is one of my favorite scriptures, the Amplified Version. It says this, I have told you these things so that in me, where? In me, you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world. So let me just say this. Anything outside of Jesus, you're not going to be at peace and you're not going to have confidence. So that's why it's important. It's vitally important to know that you are in Christ, that you're in Christ. So I've told you, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world. And boy, I tell you, in 2020, we had this. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have trials, and you're going to have distress, and you're going to have frustration. But be of good cheer. All of these things, and he turns around and says, but listen, be happy. Be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted. Why? For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. He's conquered it for us. The world cannot harm you. It cannot. And I'll go as far to say people cannot harm you. No situation can harm you unless you allow those things to do that. Unless you allow those things to do that. And so we have to know that we're in Christ if we're going to have peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Well, you got to know that Christ is in you and you are in Christ. And then number five, know what Jesus has done for you. Philemon 1.6 says this, the Amplified Version. It says, and I pray that the participation and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours. Every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ and unto his glory. I think it's King James Version. It talks about confessing what is inside of you and me. We do need to confess because you need to confess so that you hear, so faith will come, so that you will believe that, so your perception will change about yourself. Need to believe that my body, you know, I started saying this this year. I don't know if I've ever said it before this year, but I started saying that in Ruth, I believe it's 415, and there's a couple of other places in the Bible. It talks about your youth in Psalms 91, about your youth being renewed like the eagle. You know, when your body starts telling you that, you know what, I'm getting older, your body will start talking to you. You're older than 30. You probably have heard that voice. Everybody's out there acting like that you all go to the gym seven days a week for two hours a day and you eat spinach and rice every day of your life. I beg to differ. I don't know about you, but this year my body's talked to me more than it ever has. And I'm not old. So I can just imagine what some of you are hearing. But anyway... You have to talk to your body louder than it talks to you. So I sit there and start telling my body, my body, you're being renewed. My youth is being renewed. And I start saying that and talking to it because your body will talk to you and say, oh, you're not. Man, I tell you what, you're, you're just going to, you could be in a wheelchair someday. 
You'll definitely need cane, a cane. Your body will, man, your knees start wobbling and you want to, you got to talk to your body. Say it again. You got to talk to your body. You have to know what God has done for you. If you're going to have peace, if you're going to have health, you're going to have to know some things. It's one reason why we come to church. It's one reason why we have fellowship with God. It's because He wants you to know what He has done for you. You realize Jesus came. He came so that you and I can realize what he has done for us. Why did Jesus come? You know, when I was a kid, it was just because I can go to heaven. Thank God, you know, you know, I just didn't want to burn forever, so I didn't want to go to hell, so I just thought the reason that Jesus came is to take us all to heaven. That is true. But I'm telling you, that is not the package deal. We have to know why Jesus has come. He's come, first of all, so that you and I can literally have the peace of God inside of us so we can have peace because, listen, you know, this pandemic may go away pretty soon, but you know what? There's always going to be stuff that's happening. There's always going to be things that are happening. And so we can't just say, oh, when this is over, you know, I'm just going to really rest and, and really just come to, to trust in God or whatever. There's going to be something else. There's always going to be something else. And this is what God wants you and I to know, that he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and he's going to live big inside of you and me no matter what's going on, no matter what pandemic's going to happen. You know, I read this article this past week, and it said, oh, man, England says there's a whole different strand of this COVID-19. COVID-19 Part B or something. I don't know what it is, but he says it's a whole new strand, so they're shutting down their nation again and doing all this. And I just thought, this is just to keep people who are coming out of fear. This is just that. No, no, no. Get, just get right back into fear. Just get right back into fear. I'm telling you, you and I as believers, we cannot let fear touch us. We have to know. And Jesus came so we don't have to live in fear. No matter what's going on, Psalms 91 says, A thousand can fall our side, ten thousand our right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto me. So anyway, this peace that I'm talking about, it is a rest. It's a rest that you and I need to be in. It's not something that we work for. You don't work for peace. You renew your mind, if you want to call that work. The Bible says the labor to enter into this rest, the labor that we have to do is usually between our ears. It's usually getting our heart in the right position so that, we, you know what, God, I'm just going to rest in you. I'm not going to let my uh, lack of, of, you know, when sometimes I sit there and think I, I just don't have enough faith. I don't have enough of this. I don't have, fill in the blank. I don't have enough of. Anytime you are going down that road, you're not going to be in a place of rest. God wants you and I to be at rest. Why? So you can live in uh, health and tranquility. Anyway, that's all five points. Know that you're righteous. Pursue peace with people. For our heart to be on God, to know that you're in Christ, and know what Jesus has done for you. You take those five things, and I guarantee you, peace will start manifesting on the outside. It's not good enough just to have peace on the inside. It has to be manifested on the outside. It's a rest. Amen? So today's message, strips of cloth, $7.95, wooden manger, $29.95, birth of Jesus, priceless. Crisis. Luke 1.31, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. 
I, I think it's neat that, uh, you know, when it comes time for a woman to have a child, you know, everybody gets baby books out and starts looking at names and everything. Uh, I got Danielle's name off a of FedEx plane, tail number 105. It came in, I was directing it in, and 4 o'clock in the morning, the nose just poked right out at me, and it said, Danielle Marie, and I went, that is a cool name. I'm going to name my kid that. <laughs> and I did. Artie <laughs> har har. <laughs> but I gave her that name. Mary did not get a f- choice. She couldn't see a FedEx plane and say, you know what, I think I like that. No, she, didn't. she couldn't get her name out of a baby book, couldn't get the name of her son anywhere because God, the angel said, you're going to have a son and you're going to name him Jesus. You're going to name him that name. Why? Because that name is not like any other name. It's going to be a name that has authority and a power behind it. It's going to be the name of all names. It's going to be that name that all the demons and all the sickness and all the poverty and every part of this curse, it's going to bow down to that name. So it's vitally important that you name your son Jesus. Jesus, in the Old Testament, they said Yeshua or even Joshua. That was kind of like uh, in the Old Testament. It means to save, to deliver. Or rescue. Isaiah 9, 6, it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and that his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And uh, God showed who his name was in different aspects of different situations. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees in advance and provides. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals thee. He's got many, many names as far as what, and all those names are connected to what he is and what he does. But Joshua, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, he was Israel's deliverer. He's the one who took them and helped them conquer their enemies. But Jesus wants you and I to know It's not us who conquers our enemies. He is the one that we put our trust in because he has conquered our enemies for us. It's good to be part of Joshua's army because, you know, back then that that was the greatest army. Everybody feared Joshua and the Israelites. They didn't even have the Internet. They didn't have social media, but word got out and everybody feared Joshua and the Israelites. Because of what God was doing for them. But they were conquering their enemies. Today we have a much better covenant because Jesus, we're not just followers of Jesus and going out and fighting uh, battles to conquer our enemies. Jesus came to conquer our enemies for us. So Jesus conquered our enemies for us. Joshua led the people to the promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, they lit, there were going to be houses provided for them that they did not build. They were going to eat from gardens they didn't plant, and they were going to drink from wells they didn't dig. How many think that's a good deal? That's a good deal. I want that house right there. You don't have to pay for it. Just walk into it. And by the way, it's all furnished. It's got furniture inside of it. Oh, and there's a garden out back. Oh, and by the way, there's a well. And there's probably a porch swing. What my wife would want on the front porch. You can swing on the front porch. 
Just walk into it. It's all provided for you. A land flowing with milk and honey. Joshua led them to that place. But God is our promised land. He doesn't have to lead us to the promised land. He is the promised land because it says in 2 Corinthians 1.20 that all of the promises are, first of all, are in Him, in God. 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises are in God, and they are yes and amen. They're yes and amen. All of the promises. So we're not out here searching for the promised land. We're not out here trying to get a hold of the promised land. We're not out here trying to get a hold of anything that God has done for us. He wants you and I to know, and we need to get a hold of this because he wants you and I to know that it is in us. Healing is not out here. It's in you. Prosperity, every need met, is not out here. It's in you. Peace, I'm searching for peace. I'm just searching for it. You're not going to find it out here. Dear Lord, you're not going to find it out here. You're not. It's inside of you. And if you know that it's inside of you, you can have that manifest on the outside of you. The world can go into them. John 16, 33, he says, you're going to have trials, tribulation, frustration, all of this. But be of good cheer. I've overcome it for you, and I've deprived it of its power to harm you. So you can be of good cheer because that peace that is inside of you can be manifested on the outside of you no matter what's going on outside of you. Woo, that's good news. And I'm telling you, we need to hear that. We need to hear the good news. Philippians 2, 5 and 11. This is a Passion Translation. It says this. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead of He emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. Now, just think on that for a second. God Almighty, the creator of everything, all-knowing, all-power, everything. He can be everywhere at once. Everything that he is. He emptied himself, poured himself out, and he poured himself into a baby, a helpless baby. That had to be burped, that had to be fed, and had to have his diaper change. The creator of the world had to have his diaper change and had to totally be dependent upon man. Totally dependent. You talk about putting yourself in a predicament. The what ifs. What if? Who knows? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, it just seems like, couldn't you do a more surefire way of making sure nothing would go wrong? I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The whole world may seem like it's going to hell in a handbasket, but God trusts humans more than what you think he does. I'll say it again. God trusts humanity a lot more than what we even trust humanity. You think how much he had to trust humanity in becoming a babe. I mean, he didn't have the power to do anything. He was totally dependent upon Mary and Joseph providing and all that. 
It's totally dependent. But God says, I'm going to become a man. I'm going to become a babe and grow up as a regular human being would. And I'm going to show the world why I came. And so in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus did the supernatural. He did the miraculous. He delivered people. He set people free. He made sure people were provided for. And Peter said, you know, we got to pay our taxes. I don't know about you, but I'm not a fisherman. My wife likes to fish. I like to catch, but I don't like to fish. But um, she likes to fish. She likes the whole process. After about 10 or 15 minutes, I'm ready to go. And, uh, but uh, I think I would take up fishing if I knew I could get gold coins out of their mouth. How many of you that absolutely hate fishing would say, you know what, it's not too bad. Whoa, look at what I got. Let's cast this bad boy again. I mean, I'd have four or five reels. I don't know, that may be illegal, but I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Whatever is legal you can have out there, I would do it. I would get my limit, like, every day. But who does that? Jesus wants you to know that he's going to take care of us. Whether it's something that pops up that you are not planning. Listen to me. Something that pops up, man, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know this problem. I didn't know I had this expense. I didn't know this attack on my body was going. I didn't know this, and I didn't know. Man, there's so many things that we just don't know. But we can look to him. This is why you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I'm going to tell you there were so many things that came up, and Jesus said, you know, this is the popular phrase. I got this. Now people say that to one another. Oh, I'm going through this. Oh, you're going to be fine. You got this. The reason we got this is because he's got this. The reason we can say we got this is because he's got you. If you know that Jesus' hand is upon you, you're going to be all right. No matter how difficult situation you're going through, you're going to be all right. If the doctors or if your finances or your checkbook is screaming at you or if your body is screaming at you, there's many voices in this world that say, I don't know how this is going to turn around. Out, we can always turn to him. This is why he came, ladies and gentlemen. He came so that you and I would never be alone. Jesus told his disciples, I mean, man, they've been walking with him for three years, and he's leaving, and he says, listen, it's, the bet, it's best for you that I go. I don't know if I was one of those guys, especially Peter. I go, <laughs> how? How is it going to be better? How is it going to be better? He says the power of the Holy Ghost is going to be on the inside of you. And John, it says that he will lead you. He'll guide you. He'll even show you things to come. He'll teach you. He'll show you things. He'll cause you to see differently how everybody else is seeing. He'll cause faith to rise up inside of you. Faith is in us, but it needs to rise up inside of us and be manifested on the outside of us so that we can know that it's going to be all right. It's going to turn around. may not turn around tomorrow. may not turn around next week. But this is going to be a time that it turns around. It says he humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was perfect example even in his death. I'm sorry, I'm reading verse. You picked it up. Okay. He was a perfect example even into his death, a criminal's death. 
by crucifixion, because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name. In the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, demonic realm. Verse 11, and every tongue will proclaim in every language Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God his Father. Lord in Greek is, I'll probably butcher this, kairios. It means one having all power and dominion and authority and the right to master and rule. I never, I have to be honest with you, I never knew that the word Lord meant that. But if you look it up in the Greek, it means having all power, dominion, authority, and it's the right to master or rule. I don't know about you, but I want to make sure Jesus inside of me, I give him the right to rule in my situations in life. And if we yield to that, faith arise up with inside of you. You know, the Bible says this, that we're bold as a lion, and it takes boldness to come to the throne of what? Throne of grace. It takes boldness to come into the throne of grace. Grace is God's power that he wants to be manifested in your life and through your life. It's everything that he is, grace is. And it says that God wants us to be bold about coming to him and grabbing hold of that grace that's available and believing that it will be manifested in your life. So, in Isaiah it says they called him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We need to know that. In your most difficult, darkest hour, tomorrow's the shortest day of the year. To be the shortest day of the year, the longest night, the shortest day. And the great thing about nighttime, there's two things. One is that all the stars shine in all of the stars shine. And it's only temporary. No matter how long it gets, how dark it gets, as Annie has said, the sun's going to come out tomorrow. And it will. It's going to come and it's going to shine in your life, but in the darkest time, just know this. You are the star that's shining. God wants you to know that you are shining. Nobody can put your star out. You may have a wrong perception of thinking that, but it is truly that, a wrong perception. But I just want you to know this year, this coming year. I tell you what, everybody gets excited about the coming year, but there's probably going to be more people excited about 2021 than ever has. But we need to capture that. We need to capture the, the excitement of the coming year. Because more than likely, just because when January 1st turns over that new page on the calendar, life may not just turn and be totally different for you that day. But it can be different for you on the inside. With an expectation, with a hope, we 
talked about hope. He quoted that scripture every Sunday for 2020 about hope. Every Sunday we quoted the scripture about hope. Now that we've got hope arising inside of us, God wants you to know that in Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So what am I saying? We've hoped in 2020. Now I believe we're going to see some things that we haven't seen in 2020 that we will see in 2021. I believe the goodness of God, it's always been His will. It's time for you and me to line up our will with His and believe for His goodness to be manifest. The goodness of God to be manifest. What is the goodness of God? It's everything good. It's everything good. God wants you to know that. Amen. Let's stand. Father, we just thank you. During this time, Christmas season, that we'll know, like we've never known before, that we'll have a revelation. The God of all peace lives in us. Emmanuel, Jesus, the healer, Jesus, the deliverer, Jesus, the way maker, Jesus, the promise keeper. He is the one who still lives in us. And so I pray, God, that would just be a revelation in all of our hearts. We sit at Christmas time, whether we're alone or have a house full. Our eyes would be opened up to the love of God. Our eyes would be opened up to the goodness of God. Our eyes be opened up to the Savior of the world who came to dwell in us. Father, thank you for that revelation. Thank you for that peace. And may everybody who's here today and watching this, may they have an understanding like they've never had before. That it won't be a religious exercise, but it'll be a revelation. A relationship that we step into in 2021. to be a, a revelation of the goodness of God. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.